flyover state of film was shot in front of a live studio audience. Oh, welcome back uh, to season two of Flyover State of Film. I don't know if you guys saw last last week, well, last the last episode, that was our anniversary episode. So we are officially kicking off uh, the new year. We're running our own calendar. Fuck 2019 is year two of Flyover State of Film. As always, we have our friends here. Uh, we got Brian, we got TJ, we got Joe. Hey! Hey! We have a lot in store for you guys. Season two is going to include more story arcs. It's going to TJ's redemptive arc to becoming an actual person that knows about movies. It's going to continue to evolve. Our love-hate relationship between me and Brian will slowly dissolve his racism. Maybe. And we're going to dump Joe for Laura. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's, let's open up you our beers. won't know what episode <laughs> It's going to be the mid-season finale. We're just going to kill him off. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, damn, what do we do? 26, 26 episodes in a season? What are we a show on the CW? Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're supernatural over here. We're a network <laughs> show. Uh, no, I, I actually think we called like the new year a new season, too. So whatever you want to deem this to us. Sure. Oh, breaking news. Uh, people on the internet are being hypocrites. Oh my what? god. What? what? Oh my god. Oh, this is a very long story. Uh, a so, lot of, it's a lot of hypocrites. So people are complaining that the reboots, that the remakes that they've been complaining before, you know, because Hollywood doesn't have anything original, are no longer going to be exactly like the things that they're remaking. Uh, particularly, we're talking about Mulan won't have the Mushu and the singing. People are bitching about Thank that. God. And hey, the Joker... some Eddie Murphy out of a movie. That's good, yeah. That's good news to me. Let me see him. He's going to be on Comedians in, uh, in Coffee and Cars thing. Yeah, but I can skip that episode. I don't want to skip Mulan. Who's super this looks badass. It looks like Mulan. Hero by way awesome. of Mulan. It's going to be awesome. And I also want to say the thing, of the, especially the hypocrite thing, is, oh, no, Mushu, this and that. Okay, so they recast it with a different comic voice behind it, not Eddie Murphy, because he ain't doing that shit. Yeah. And then that's the complaint then. Right, then yeah. you're in your Aladdin thing, although Aladdin's been like a low-key uh, like big hit, so... 
everybody talked a lot of shit, yeah. but it made it's actually done really well. Yeah, and um, I don't, I've heard good things about a lot of. You got the thing with Lion King. The whole thing everybody's been complaining about is, oh, it's just a shot for shot remake. Why do you bother? Why are you doing this? And then instantly, as soon as the Mulan trailer comes out, they're like, "This isn't like Mulan." And also, really though, and also the fact that Beauty and the Beast, yeah, sure it was, and there was the whole tuberculosis thing, but. No one saw Lion King yet. You don't know if it's literally shot for shot. So not necessarily we know that. So Mulan, regardless, I, I feel the same way a lot of people do, but that you see across Twitter is like, Lion King shot for shot. Oh, Mulan's doing something different. There's no Mushu. There's no the good-looking the guy out on the end. I didn't see Mulan. I never saw it. Well, I think the Mulan thing is there's not so many people that do hold it like, but like they grew up with it, so they'll have an easier time accepting it. And it's just like what we're and hearing. Also, it's like a legit Chinese proverb, right? It's like an old story. So like yeah. it's had interpretations before the animated one too. Well, so it's not like there's already a history of like interpreting it in different ways. So yeah. I feel like that really should take some of the heat off of this too. But yeah. it doesn't matter. People are just looking for something to get mad about. Well, yeah, I want to talk. I want to talk about the mermaid in the room. <laughs> And not my Ariel. I'm just kidding. That 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 is just like, oh, so you're racist. Like that. I can't believe. I can't believe they're not making her white like real mermaids. But what I what I love about that is it's not like the original. Oh, you mean the Hans Christensen version? Because you were going to get that, and it got scrapped with uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, and she couldn't have red hair. They couldn't have songs because Disney owns those particular. Like, right, the facets of the character, yeah. So it's all bullshit. I mean, that's all bullshit, and I'm sure that movie's gonna be a ton of fun without that. And just imagine they're gonna go for a lot of singing because that girl's just had that ha- Haley Berry. Yeah, Haley Berry. Haley Berry is just she's a singer. no, no, no not Haley 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 Bailey. Haley Bailey. Sorry, she's a it's singer <laughs> forefront. Over an actress. I can't believe you guys didn't know that. I mean, I definitely didn't just hear that girl's name for the first time when this. Oh, I heard it for the first time, and then I heard another YouTube uh, news show explain what I just explained to you. Now I'm just now I'm just thinking about Halle Berry. Uh, so <laughs> let's so to wash that beautiful image off my head. How about we talk about Quentin Tarantino? You know, oh, feet. Um, so well, he well, keeps Little saying is a foot fetish tale. Yeah, that's what was, that was kind of my segue. Feet. Um, so uh, Quentin Tarantino keeps saying that he wants to retire, um, and I say let him because I'm pretty. I'm getting pretty tired of uh, fucking Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> um, I love them. I, I love every single. Yeah, fucking my movie, thing is like I don't like like everything I hear about Quentin Tarantino, the person, and every like interview I've watched with him and stuff. He seems like a type of dude I would fucking hate to be yeah. around. Like it no. would be fucking miserable. But then every time I see a trailer for his movie, I was like. Damn, I want to see that movie. That looks good. Yeah. He knows how to make a fucking but like, movie. I agree that I wouldn't... I'm not going to like cry over... If uh, if he walks away and never makes another movie, I'll be like, okay, well, there's plenty of Quentin Tarantino movies to watch. And, and we still have pretty Robert decent, So, like, I'm in good shape. He wants yeah, to and the, good, last, the last two ones uh, were uh, almost seven hours. So you uh, pretty, pretty a, lot. a lot of content. And but to be honest, is- I don't think he ever... He's ever he's ever reached the heights of his first four. As far as I'm concerned... His first four movies are his best movies, and oh, he's had man. he's had good work since then. But I just, yeah, you know, just personal preference. Yeah, yeah Jane, I, I, I put Inglorious Paris up there. Inglorious and like Django are yeah, Django. Up, but I agree uh, what you're saying. But I mean, even so, putting on I'm gonna retire about that. Like you also took like takes tons of gaps in between the 
between it, the films he has out anyway. Like, so we're going to get this Star Trek movie and then like one more after that, I think. Right. No, and I does think the Star he, Trek movie even directly. count? Is he talking no, about, no. I'm only going to do 10 original movies or is he like, you know. No, yeah, he's, he's, pretty, he's an asshole about that because he's like, oh, I'm only going to do 10 ever. But he's not counting the ones he's wrote, written. He's not counting the segments. And he's, he's not, not counting done. the short movies either. So he's like, he's still, so he's, he can still do all the old man directors are. He'll, in 10 years, 15 years, if he feels like he's getting forgotten, if he feels like his movies aren't getting talked about enough, he'll make another one. Because he can't help themselves. Christopher Nolan, Scott, fucking James Cameron, uh, Steven Spielberg, all of them. Still making movies, still do not want to let go of the reins, do not want to give over power to new directors, do I mean, always do doing everything they can to stand in the way of progress, and that'll be Quentin. He'll do the same thing. Yeah. No, talking about talking about progress though, um fucking Netflix is about to die, according to, you know, the news that came out two years ago and now a year ago, six months ago, and now today again. Uh, Netflix is about to die because everybody's progressing. <laughs> See what I did there? It's the <laughs> segue um, towards every having a streaming platform. Um, mm-hmm. Before this episode, I googled how many streaming services are there, just to like give a ballpark, and I got tired of counting um, because there's a lot of like niche. Uh, there's a lot of just like TV, like Sling and PlayStation View. View. Um, and now HBO Crunchy Max, yeah, Crunchyroll, and now HBO Max and Disney Plus have gutted um, Netflix for a lot of their uh, series and a lot of their content that they were licensing to Netflix. So, do you think the Titan is finally no. brought down, or will it survive amongst its uh, new peers? No, it'll survive. It has the name. It has a bunch of people like forgetting they paid for or paying for it yearly that tune in. They'll acquire other things. I think it's a smart-ass move business-wise from those other streaming, those other people that want to be streaming. If you want to be like, just yeah, I think they're going to it'll stuff. make them more competitive, and depending on their price point, like Disney, the thing that's going to make Disney competitive isn't even the content; it's the six ninety-nine price point. Yeah. That's what's going to make them competitive, right there. We're here, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think worst-case scenario for Netflix is they just get swallowed up by like Amazon. <laughs> And it becomes Amazon, Netflix, and they're like one of three still, you know. If Disney and HBO put too much pressure on, Amazon buys up Netflix. Then they all become one. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, just don't think I was going to say... Not to mention, I've heard their, their new stuff anyway, their their original stuff. Well, yeah, there's there's the subscriptions and the, the um, subscription devices with the, the paywall. But then there's also the free ones that you get these movies that if you just listen and watch maybe two or three ads throughout the movie, like Voodoo has that. Tubi has that. How many of those ones that are free across the board get affected with how many movies get taken away? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah like, so like sneakily, uh, yeah, like companies like Voodoo who have free content with mm-hmm. ads and stuff. Like, yeah, it's also like sneakily, like something like Amazon and fuck, even like Hulu, which doesn't have a huge movie library, has stronger like movies, maybe not TV shows. Yeah. Than Netflix. No, but now Disney owns essentially Hulu. Yeah, um, and they're gonna funnel. I, I watch more Prime than Netflix right now because yeah. Prime has a lot of the old series, and I I'm, I've just been binge watching old series. Well, what's gonna happen with um 
What's going to happen, Prime also has um, a lot of HBO shows. Yeah, they have like a they have a business relationship. So does HBO pull that away from Prime? Yeah, That's definitely. Good question. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, all those rights are like not as like clear cut. But, but who is friends? friends? Oh, HBO Max to the Max. <laughs> Max now. Yeah, they but, just paid I mean, an obscene friends, amount for Hulu, that That's the whole thing, right? Yeah, Hulu. They did Who almost has, like half a billion dollars, I think. Oh, it was they paid eight hundred and ninety-five. Oh shit! Okay, so and then um, Sims, uh, the Simpsons now are going to be on Disney as well. Like, yeah, they're going they're basically getting rid of that FXX app back. So that'll be on the Disney Plus, which I, I mean, Hulu. That was like the one of the first ones to like. So that's in, but that's NBC. Contract. I mean, NBC owns Seinfeld. So if that's going to make, if all Wait, the NBC shows yeah, going to HBO yeah. Max, who's got Step by Step? Tubi. Okay, all right, well, I'm in. <laughs> I'm sending all my money. Wait, what's, what's, the, what's the one Quibi? Quibi. Quibi has that. <laughs> <laughs> um, crackle. Oh, crackle! You get that with Joe Dirt too. Oh, talking about you know movies in Crackle, uh, Joe. How about you pitch us a movie that we could all see in Crackle, based on a Ooh, sports? Yeah. Feature? So I was thinking. So this is a more sport. This is a sports centric theme episode based off of a movie. Um, you know, I wanted to hear that the guys had uh, if they had an athlete or a team in mind for a biopic because i think you know sports biopics make some of the best movies uh my pick uh, would be the actually coincidentally the 86 mets um think of like that netflix movie about the dirt uh, about motley crew that came out the dirt how it was just like are you gonna rock ass machine gun kelly no i wouldn't okay. but thank you it would just be like, like the 86 Mets were wild. I, and I, you would, what I want to see is you would follow Doc Gooden, the all-star pitcher, through it during his uh, substance abuse and the wild times. And there'd be, I mean, you, of course, low and focus on some of the substance. But I also think it'd be like, wow, those guys won a World Series and they were fucking doing tons of blow, <laughs> wrecking airplanes. Like, there's a reason they used to fly baseball teams out commercially there's a reason now why they have private planes and it's 86 mets <laughs> and they is were, this the whole thing with the uh with the always sunny where they're doing the drinking game on the plane yeah 30 beers that was a different player in that same era but yeah like wade boggs like so yeah, you're not good yeah. and you, you get really but i it's always it sunny owns that um <laughs> But it was uh, they, they, their story is really interesting, and I think it's been told obviously because people want to fucking bury it. And the the name of the biography you based it on is called "The Bad Guys One." Oh, okay. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so that's my pick. What's your pick, Yusuf? Oh, um, if I if I'm gonna keep my uh, Puerto Rican card, I have to pick the greatest baseball player to ever come out of the island. And arguably the one of the best baseball players ever in the league, uh, Roberto Enrique Clemente Walker. Uh, he's a Puerto Rican baseball player. He played 18 years in the majors. Uh, the reason why I'm like pitching is not like oh Puerto Rico. It's like he legit broke barriers. He's he's considered like the 
the Latino uh, Jackie Robertson. Mm -hmm. uh, he faced a lot of uh, racism, um, a lot of um, barriers uh, on top of Jackie because um, Jackie at least could speak English. Like Roberto in the beginning couldn't even communicate. <laughs> Stop fucking with me. Um, he was he was born super poor. Like we can do the rags to riches story, um, but he also has like a very tragic ending. Um, like he grew up uh, cutting cane in the island with his dad. Uh, he was a U.S. Marine. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, he played in Brooklyn in the '50s. So you can do like New York in the '50s and and all that that jazz. Um, you can also do. Uh, When he won the World Series, like he was the first uh, MVP, first um, World Series champ, uh, Puerto Rican, Latino, everything. But he also died on a plane crash. Um, he was very into giving back to the community because he, he grew up like poor. So he uh, there was an earthquake in Nicaragua, and he was flying a plane to Nicaragua to give like relief. And it crashed in the ocean right Terrible. next to Puerto Rico. Uh, his body was never recovered. Blah blah blah. Like so, either we can either we can end with him being inducted. Like because of him, they changed the rules. So if you die after you retire, you can be automatically inducted into the Hall of Fame if you qualify. Yeah. Um, post mortem, uh, we can either end the movie there, like him becoming a Hall of Fame post mortem, or we can end with the first recipient of the Roberto Clemente award, cool. which is like, they give it to the player that is super charitable and it's also a badass at baseball. And they give that out every year in, in, in the, in the league. So I think it was, it would be like a fucking badass story because Do you know the first recipient. Oh, uh, on the blast or anything. I just want to know if you knew. No, no. Yeah. I don't know. That could be an, actually an awesome ending to that. Just like in the first recipient of that award. It's, I'm looking at all. Yeah, like that would be such a great ending to that, and then also like a shout out to him, obviously over a great storyline. Uh, first player ever was uh, Willie Mays. Oh wow! Yeah, that's pretty that's perfect. Yeah, and uh, uh, my man Curtis Granderson won that too. So, yeah, so it, I mean, and he also has like a distinction to be the only player. I think he's the first and only player to have a grand uh, in ball grand slam. Like he actually uh, yeah, in the park. Yeah, yeah. So it's fucking crazy. Do you, do, you and, do you and Joe have people that you would play these characters? No, uh, Doc. I, I would, I would want an unknown. Oh, yeah, okay. for Doc, I'd do an unknown. Yeah. Uh, highlight a, like an unknown like African-American actor. Let them shine kind of like a straight out of Compton casting. And then obviously, <laughs> I feel like you could find like a, like a cool, like like someone who's somewhat popular to be like, one of the other ball players in the ball club, but not a focus. Yeah. You know, cause you got to round out a whole roster, but, and they're, you know, they're all kind of names from that 86 team, at least in New York they are. So you could get some fun guy to play Keith Hernandez. Uh, but, uh, who, who, that sounds great. Actually. I want to see that movie. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a there's a bunch. I've actually like me re researching him. I bought a graphic novel based on his life. <laughs> And there's like a shitty Ray Liotta movie um, oh, no. where, two, where two kids are driving around trying to see him hit uh, 3,000. Um, it's called Chasing 3,000, but it's like through the, like, 
super bad movie. It's so not Mr. 3000 with Bernie Mac, is it? Yeah, that's a phenomenal that's, film. That's and like maybe Hello, Hello Key. a cameo later. <laughs> well, how about you, Brian? I know you're dying to talk about uh, your favorite sports heroes. <laughs> God, I love sports. I just love sports so much. Um, as a child in Ohio whose dad loved football and who was expected to love football, I took my pilgrimage to Canton, Ohio to see the Football Hall of Fame. Um, when you go in, there's a big statue, big bronze statue of a guy uh, who always kind of captured my imagination. And uh, his native name was Watho Huck or Brightpath. He was a... 1930s Olympian, better known as Jim Thorpe. Nice. Uh, the guy was one of the most well-rounded and like considered to be one of the most like uh, even, like just across the board, um, best athletes. Uh, not just of his time, but historically, you know, for a long time before we get in the era of the super athlete, obviously. Um, he was a gold medalist in the pentathlon and the decathlon, and he played early uh, American professional football with the leather helmets and all that shit. So, uh, you know, super badass athletically, so he's got the cred there. Where um, I think you can get the good story is not the fact that, obviously, he was a Native American. He was, you know, so he, you have that element to bring to it. But also, uh, it's a very um, kind of shoeless Joe Jackson kind of thing where he had his uh, Olympic medal stripped from him because it was found out that he got paid to play some football or do some sport events before he was in the Olympics with violated their amateur rules. And they used that to strip him of his titles. And it wasn't until like 30 years after his death that he was able to, that they, you know, uh, reinstated his gold medals and he got the recognition he deserved and everything. So I just think. You know, really there's a lot of meat on that bone, personally. Um, I think there's plenty of story to tell there. I think it's a really interesting story, and, you know, one that's fallen probably. It was something that I heard about as a kid, but I don't know how well-known it is and stuff like that, so. No, I think I, I, that's I where I went. I didn't know about it. That sounds <laughs> I think that could really captivate. Well, Jim Thorpe uh, is probably most people, who, most kids my age who played Pop Warner, the first cleat you ever get is like an Adidas Jim Thorpe. It's like the most oh, yeah. original, classic, rubber-cleated uh, football cleats you'll ever wear. But that's the ones you just know because they're just called the Jim Thorpes. And then oh, high, yeah, high ankle. Jim Thorpe. There's a there's a town in Pennsylvania called Jim Thorpe too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. So, probably named after him. Yeah. So, Ta, you're not a big sports guy, but you know, muster up. <laughs> Muster up something for us, man. Pull, pull, uh, don't pull a muscle. No, it, this is a weird one, uh, actually, because my story has two things uh, coincidental with yours and Joe's. Um, but I'm doing it's a double. double. <laughs> no, <clears throat> I'm doing a double. Um, my stepfather actually grew up married to a woman whose brother was Brad McCrimmon, who played for the Red Wings, the Boston Bruins, Philadelphia Flyers, and... Uh, they actually had a great relationship with him and Bob, Bob Probert, which most people, anyone who watches NHL or knows anything about the NHL, Bob, Pope, Bob Probert was probably the quintessential goon, like the guy that protected so many stars across the board in the in the day. And these two, Brad McCrimmon, who was the complete opposite of him, who was a small, quiet guy, always a captain, star defenseman of the NHL across the board, was a journeyman. He played on so many different teams, and Bob Probert, Bob, geez, it's so hard to say his name. Bob Probert 
was just the goon for the Red Wings for a while and a couple other teams. But those two relationships coming together and there'd be stories of like, I'd hear them drinking like four in the morning, doing lines, doing this, having a good time, then going and playing double headers. Um, unfortunately, both of them came to unfortunate demises. Uh, Brad McCrimmon died six years back on a plane crash while he was coaching a KHL, the Continental Hockey League Russian team. He died in a plane crash. The entire team uh, unfortunately passed away. And Bob Probert died of uh, chest pains. And like this whole, basically it would be like a buddy story of these two guys who came together from different backgrounds, but then bonded and became best friends. And unfortunately at their own different times and for weird circumstances had their own demons to fight back and forth, but them coming together, uh, actually like casted them too. I said, uh, no hater would be a great, great, a great bad McKimmon and, uh, Michael Shannon would probably be the best Bob Pobert. God damn it. Oh, I can see him being an enforcer. Well, I originally wanted to do Lee Schreiber, but he did the goon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought he would be amazing, but Michael Shannon has that like stone cold demeanor and Bill Hader has like the cool calmness, but also has the fire in him too, to just have a great buddy cop comedy but also dramedy between them it can be incredibly funny but also heart-wrenching at times that that type of thing those are great picks guys i want to see all those movies i was funny i was reading earlier um a bit i was thinking of doing like ted williams because he kind of had a crazy career but it's more so that he's just like was one of the first people to be frozen (laughs) that's like and he was on crypto was he next to like walt disney yeah yeah, but Ted Williams actually wasn't one of the first people. I'm sorry, in 2002 he died, but he's frozen. Anyway, enough about that. Um, he's going to come back to life. So how about we bring back to life uh, a sports figure? No, TJ. Well, <laughs> no, I wanted to ask you guys, because uh, the cool thing for any sports player to do now is get into movies, uh, essentially action movies, or if you're going to do a, a movie with, Looney Tunes involved, you could be LeBron James or Michael Jordan and do Space Jam, but I want to ask you guys, pick a fictional sports character and put him in an action movie. And I'll start you off right now, real easy. Um, we're not going to fight this out, we're just going to talk about our own picks. Um, I picked Icebox from Little Giants. She does porn now. What's that? What? <laughs> she does softcore porn. Or has. I don't want... I'm, okay. Well, so you know. <laughs> just so you know, guys. It was not a fun She did a couple Cinemax movies. No, man. She's, take, she's taking reins back. What kind of action movie? Like, like, is she a child? Or is she now Icebox today? Who is like... Yeah, it's it's really a big Icebox or Icebox as a child. That has He's to be now. the worst porn name, though. Icebox. Like, <laughs> that's not... Her porn name. This is her fighting name. She's an adult now. Rick Moranis unfortunately passed away. What? He got, he got held up. He killed off Rick Moranis? The day yeah. after he won that championship against his brother, Kevin O'Shea, he gets held up at his own gas station and gets stabbed in the neck and died instantly at the scene in front of Icebox. She Wait, takes revenge. You're pitching a movie? There's a movie right now. Oh, okay. Sorry. So from 12 years old, until she's now 24 and gets abducted, not abducted, but yeah, abducted by the original guy who plotted the death of her dad, who was originally sent by Ed O'Neill, who eventually ends up being the villain in this one. Also, Icebox, Atomic Blonde, 2000. 
David. Does she, does she infiltrate the bad guys to, through porn? No, because Joe wasn't supposed to throw that under my wing right there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Why are you Googling oh, it right yeah. now, man? I gotta show you guys. The Poison Ivy reboot, The Secret. Yes, and also, uh, like... Yeah. I don't know how you follow Jamie Presley, though. Like, that's a tough act to follow. So, yeah, Icebox from Little Giants. Uh, Yusuf, what do you got? No, Here. I didn't know... Here's Icebox for you. Oh, no. We're demonetized. Um, so... I uh, didn't know we had to pitch a movie, but I am picking a guy. His name is Paul Wrecking Crew <laughs> from the Bobby's Yard. Uh, he can't handle himself in a fight. He's physically imposing, you know, six feet tall, 200 pounds. Um, it's an awful quarterback in the NFL, by the way. Yeah. From what movie? Long anyway, I, I, the Longest Yard. Uh, he, uh, he can do his own stunts because he leads uh, the... The, the police in a wild car chase. Um, and he's handsome as fuck, man. He's Burt fucking Reynolds. I mean, who doesn't want to have that as your action star lead? Oh, I thought you were going Adam no, Sandler. See, that's why I was slowly building uh, it up. Because you're, well, if you see, go Adam Sandler, you need Cheeseburger Eddie in there. No, Adam Sandler can't act. Uh, and he can't be an action star, but Burt Reynolds, oh, he have you seen oh, any that's Netflix really somebody's never seen Bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the Smokey the Bandit was legit, uh, a, a legit action star. So anybody that looks like Burt Reynolds in the fictional world can become essentially an action star himself. So that's my logic behind all this. Well, flawless. Yeah. At least I didn't pick a soft porn, you know, star. I didn't know that was a factor hey, in my no, whole picking of it. She's a working actress. Yeah. Thank you. Fine. Thank you. I'm not slut shaming. I'm saying softcore porn. Good for she, her. She has Team her career. Wait, I'm saying you she already has her career, and he wants to derail her from her <laughs> stardom. I have a question: Is Nelly in your movie? No, I'm in the what? '70s. Uh, yeah, but Nelly could still play someone no, in the people, '70s. People in the seventies use band aids for a reason, all right? Whoa. Not for de decorative purposes. Whoa, man! I'll tell you, we're gonna go with number sixteen, Shane Falco from the Replacements. Oh, <laughs> are you moving on your pick now? Oh, sorry. He already picked. I mean, that's Keanu. He is an action star. I mean, yeah, yeah but Shane time. Falco isn't. He's also not a good NFL hey, is he's Johnny Utah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I just I like that movie, and I forgot to mention it last week. You all should have watched the replacements. Didn't Nick? Uh, you went to see three movies. Yeah, didn't Nick Cage play a fucking sports star? In some movie you could have no, picked. No, he hasn't. There's yeah. no way he hasn't played in this. You got, you got Elo Cole and Jamie Foxx in any given Sunday. Oh yeah, Ooh. good good job. And also, oh, I, thought, I, thought was, I thought that was Orlando Jones doing a dual role. <laughs> no, Orlando Joneses actually. Weird. Uh, I think in season two we should retire the Orlando Joneses. <laughs> uh, is it because you invented it? And <laughs> in, in, in not in the way you wanted to. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Brian? Oh, okay. So I was trying to think, I was like, in this era of the, you know, the shared universes and everybody needs a superpower, even Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw is getting into superpowers now. So the only person you can pick is Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year. Nice. That was going to be my pick. 
that aren't, you know, I mean, he can just be laying people out with like lightning ass punches and a super like stretchy, you know, super like tight arm, just drilling people. You can find all sorts of like, he can use it. He can be like hanging off a ledge and then like use it to like propel himself up, like jump up a building or something, you know, yeah, but, but the second, all sorts of things that you can use that super tight. Yeah, but did his body like, like uh normal out when he got older? Cause it definitely got older. No, he he tripped on a baseball and it went back to normal. What yeah, happened? Went back to normal. He like injured himself back. Okay, okay. So what you're telling me is you want to go with the kid from Angels in the Outfield, where you're just hallucinating, and it's the sixth sense. That kid has never played a sport in his he's got life. A, he's got a legit superpower. So in, in the final battle, what happens when the bad guy just cuts his arm off? Then he. Then he Oh, he, he, That's when he, he has to find that the real power was in him all the time. <laughs> no, he so just, the other arm gets activated. Right. No. All of a sudden, the other arm, he actually, like, the tendon, like, jumps across, and he has double <laughs> tendon strength in the arm that exists now. Obviously, you guys have never watched uh, Rookie of the Year, because obviously, if that happens, he just floats it, and he strikes out the biggest hitter in the MLB. Well, he's fighting go. a guy with a sword in my made-up scenario, though. Isn't that guy on the Mets, too, Joe? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Of course it is. It's the guy with like this. Yep. Even in the movies, they can't win. Nope. So good. Nope, we can't. We're the worst. So, so but anyway. I, but I bet the, I bet the Mets would look amazing in a movie, even though they suck in real life. Uh, Brian, what is your topic about things that look amazing in movies? High energy transfer to me. Like, look at it. The way he chest passed me that, like a pro. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, anyway, I was thinking about movies. I was thinking about how, like, movies always look, or sports always look a lot better in movies, a lot more interesting, a lot more fun. Um, so, I was just wanted to talk about. What sport do you think has the biggest discrepancy between how it looks in movies and what it's actually like to watch it? Now, we all know that I'm not the sports guy, and I could have picked... I'm not going to pick the one you guys probably think I am because of how much I hate that Joe makes it show up in my Twitter timeline so much. (laughs) Is it it just Joe? Just Joe. it's Joe and Monday and fuck. There's so many people. It's just like it's just that time of year, man. You guys kill, you guys kill me. I got so much shit to scroll past. This is my finger. Oh, it hurts from all the scrolling. It's really <laughs> tedious. Uh, can't believe no, you muted me on Twitter. I actually liked until the a better version came along, and that is boxing. I used to love a good boxing movie, and I still enjoy the sport of boxing, the sweet science. But man, in a boxing movie. No, every single punch is a haymaker. Every punch lands flush. Everything's so glorious and brutal. Every fighter, no matter what size they are, is a heavyweight for some reason. Yeah. Even in Creed, they tried to be slightly realistic in the first one and make it middleweight. And then when they go to Creed 2, he's just a heavyweight for no reason. It's like, oh, oh now they're no a heavyweight. Spoilers. I guess. The weight class makes no sense in any Spoilers. He he could be at it makes sense when you give that Drago guy to be like those dudes aren't in the same weight class at all. Oh, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan's like what five nine maybe. No commissioner is gonna sanction that fight. At um, all. You can't pull a Rocky and just what? get so shredded that they pretend like you're in the same weight class with somebody. No, it's not what, that awkward. What am I on Rocky? At least the Drago fight was unsanctioned, so it, made sense. Try, I, it wasn't I, for a world title at the MGM Grand. Raging yeah. Hole. 
Raging Bull has some pretty nice choreographed fights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know it has a great choreographed but fight? Even the, the, the good choreograph and the nice fights, they still always look better and more exciting. And, the, yeah, you absolutely. know, fighters can take more punishment. In a real fight, if a heavyweight boxer lands a punch as yeah, flush as Rocky yeah. lands every three minutes, or he gets hit with every three minutes, that's it. That's the end of the fight. Yeah, There's no right. more. If, if Rocky <laughs> took that many straight jabs from heavyweight like he does in every film for the first, yeah. what, 10 minutes? Five would be fight, real. He takes, like, on, he takes clips. I mean, I'll Rocky tell you just what. takes punches. Gladiator. If anyone's ever seen the Cuba Gooding Jr. Jr. movie, Gladiator has actually oh, some of the best boxing in it around, and that was what, like 91, 90, even late 80s. I'll throw it up all in here. You know it's an underrated boxing movie? Play it to the bone. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Even oh, Southpaw has moments where you're like, hated Southpaw. Even I never got around to seeing Southpaw because I felt like they gave the whole thing away in the trailer. They did. Oh, they well, did. They did. Really, I guess. I'm just talking about the <laughs> boxing match. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was more accurate. They did like if you were to watch it on like HBO or. But I mean, it had the misfortune of coming out in the Creed like bubble, you know, within mm-hmm. the time frame that Creed was what? hyped. So there's no name? boxing. There's only room for one boxing movie a year tops. His yeah. name was also Billy Hope. Like, give <laughs> me a fucking break. He called him Hope. The Great White um, Hope. Great White Hope. But I, I find it funny. I find it funny though. Every. Every one of these movies, like whatever this whatever sport we talk about, like every person that ever works on them from the real sports always like, Oh wow, they look so bad on camera. Like if you know what you're looking at. Yeah. Like I remember when we did at least they're honest. Sometimes they go like, This is the most realistic depiction of No, it's not. Well, I remember when we did the fan episode, I read some trivia where it was like uh, Wesley Snipes' swing was so fucking poor the guy wanted to quit. Who was uh (laughs) Yeah, well, it's like the kid pitching in Dazed and Confused. That kid's like, the ball on his and they keep cutting away from him all the time. Um, well, I want to stay on. I want to stay on Brian. Like he did boxing. I have one. This could be controversial, but I mean, it's a great movie. It's super uplifting. There's a great soundtrack to it. But the fucking if if anyone who's done karate has been any type of karate contest, it is the most boring. Non fulfilling thing you've ever done, and the Karate Kid is a joke. <laughs> Him fighting Billy Zap at the end of the thing, where they do, you're not allowed to hit in the face, you can't finish your strike, you can't do any type of thing. All you do is you show an opening, and as long as you have that opening clear cut, you get the point. That is the worst thing ever. It completely undercuts the entire science of the, the whole thing. It just, you're like, all right, as long as I got the opening and I don't finish off, yes, there's discipline to cry. Yeah, I agree. It should have ended with them doing katas and just doing the form and to a sang. Blood sport style yeah. with full contact. Whoa. <laughs> or sidekicks. Oh, yeah, sure. Y'all missing <laughs> the real pick. The real worst thing to ever okay, watch. Okay, what's that? Oh, okay. You might win. It looks so good <laughs> on screen, but in real life. Arm wrestling is not the key. Arm wrestling, for the listeners at home, I'm showing up my frame poster of Over the Top. Why do you have a frame poster of Over the Top? <laughs> uh, because I also have the Rocky Four one. Well, we, that, that didn't answer the question, though. Because uh, it was a Christmas Rocky gift. Rocky Four is a good movie. <laughs> it, was, it was a Christmas gift for my bride. 
Oh, okay. okay. Oh, oh shit. Uh, right. Laura, sorry for that. When you come back in uh, mid-season, we didn't mean to say that. Anyway, <laughs> the movie the movie is phenomenal. Um, but uh, you know, if you watch arm wrestling and like on like ESPN, the Ocho, uh, that was exciting. You know what's better is that slapping competition from uh, Russia. Yeah, <laughs> that one dude was just—he was dropping dudes with one open hand slap. That's because there was, there was no weight. There was no weight division. Yeah, that and one. it was incredibly illegal because you can't—they're slapping people like the base of the neck. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, he probably killed a few dudes. <laughs> he looked like a bear. He looked like a. He did. A I think they bear. shaved a bear. <laughs> and also, it doesn't beat the cornhole competitions on ESPN eight now. Cornhole is the key. Uh, I, I actually, I actually picked um, mini golf, like as a joke. But like in movies, they always depicted like the the best thing in the fucking world that you can do. And every time I've gone to so mini, it was so boring, and people are always in the way, and somebody always like sucks at, and you're just waiting for them to like. <laughs> Just put it in the fucking hole so we can just family and fix it ahead of you. Really elaborate holes, but I've been to some shitty ass ones where it was like it's just a bunch of orange, like right angles, like with yep. orange borders. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and just one like dollars for a middle. bunch of straight courses. Yeah, it's <laughs> always like the greatest. Oh my god, we're going mini golfing! Like, yeah, it's yeah, just get some of those fancy mini golfing joints. Even Top Golf makes me go. Top Golf is one of those things you're like, we're spending fifty bucks for an hour to do this. We're just hitting the balls out into a field and hoping they land in a hole. Maybe, like, it's the craziest thing to think about, like doing those type of things. But mini I golf. Actually- I hurt I hurt my shoulder doing that one because I was just like trying to and it, and I was like obviously it's not about it's not about power it's about the form but the fuck do I know man I'm I'm from Puerto Rico we don't yeah, play like golf <laughs> I'm from Puerto Rico okay <laughs> that card again I just wanted to drop that card in there I can't use that though what Ricans don't golf you're racist <laughs> yeah we really don't <laughs> I mean. <laughs> There's some. There's 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 a there's couple. There's Sergey Garcia. There's there's a few. TJ, what, what, did you pick one yet? Did we get to? Yeah, did, did I get did to everybody? Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Joe, yeah. did we get to you? Yeah, we got yeah, over, the yeah, over the top. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure we got to everybody. I can't believe no one said baseball. Baseball's the real answer. Well, there's yeah. no game fucking more boring in the whole world. Also, than baseball. baseball has some of the best movies too. I don't know. I think, I think some of the best sports movies. Yeah, it's I think true. I think baseball is in a in a league of its own. Um, <laughs> so how about we talk about the movie of the week? Uh, uh, a league, uh, Penny Marshall's A League of Their Own. Uh, last week I told the Bro, guys. Fucking icon, Penny Marshall. My DVD has an amazing documentary, and I got a lot of Penny Marshall. I've been working on my Penny Marshall impression. I'm going to get it. We're going to get to it. So, (laughs) everybody, hold your breath. Um, So, uh, quick background. We don't need to talk about that much. Uh, World War II is going on. The men are, are, are outside of the country. The women are stepping up in the factories and everywhere. And one section that the... The economy needs, uh, according to the candy man himself, is baseball. So he decides to form a league of women, a four-team league. 
I had to I had to get myself into the headspace. I was like, well, try to remember there's not a lot of options for things to watch because I couldn't wrap my head around a world where people were like, no, I need baseball. <laughs> baseball can't go away. I mean, we it need to was. have it for the fucking country. It was America's pastime. No. Now, now it's concussions. Well, I mean, NFL. <laughs> um, so, uh, the former former four team league. Uh, we we our vehicle into this world is uh, Gina Davis as Dottie and her sister, and I'm blanking on the actress name. Sorry, Lori Kit. And thank you, Brian. So they're uh, they play softball uh, for fun. They they get they get scouted. And they John get Lovitz. dropped into By a the team. Best character in the movie. Yeah, we're gonna John get to fucking Lovitz. We're gonna get to Lovitz and his mustache. Um, <laughs> so good. Uh, the manager is a drunk former baseball player in Tom Hanks. Jimmy and Jimmy. it's and even though the movie's about um, baseball and women's rights and equality and and the World War and how women stood up. Is really about this sibling rivalry between the older sister that has the perfect life on the outside. That's mar he's married, beautiful, tall, and is the greatest baseball player in the league. Versus this little little sister that is not uh, as pretty. I have a thesis here not that as tall. it's not a rivalry. That yeah. Gina Davis's whole deal is just to support Kit and take care of her and help her. Yeah, but in the and eyes of the kids. It's framed in the movie as a rivalry, but if you actually watch it, you take and you just take into account the things that Gina Davis actually does, she's always pushing for I agree, kids. but the rivalry is from Kit's side. Um, yeah, Kit sees it as well, like fair. most younger siblings. Yeah. And then the World Series and happens. Gina Davis, I mean, come on. And we have in the ending, well, in the beginning and the ending, the world's greatest casting agent. Um in that they cast uh, older actresses to play uh, the younger Gina Davis. And so good. Kid. And to the point that you're, like, doubting yourself. You're, like, yeah. makeup oh, camp. For years, I thought it was old lady. It was Gina Davis and old lady makeup. I was convinced. So, I was, <laughs> that was the, uh, now you guys know, this is the first time I ever saw this movie. The very first thing I said to you guys, there was... Yeah, welcome to the podcast. TJ watches first. Yeah, first um, movie I ever, first time I ever saw League of Their Own. As soon as the movie started, the first thing I messaged these guys, like I really thought that was Gene Davis and makeup because the 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 voiceover was so good and the actress doing it looked like Gene Davis enough to where you kind of like, yeah, that looks like you know like nine yeah. makeup back in the day. But also, I was like, wait, that's no way that's Gina Davis. So good. it's very good. It's like, well, yeah, that's it's what so she good. would look like. And but the, at the end, the wraparound, which I, I love that this movie does the whole Dewey Cox needs to think about his yeah. whole life before he plays. Like, I love that. But uh, but yeah, the wraparound, they did a great job with all the casting of all the older ladies. Like, yeah. the older Madonna and the older Rosie O'Donnell are perfect. Like, all the, oh they're, they're really great. It's uh, such a well, nice, like, epilogue. Might as well throw out, yeah, those. It's It has a great cast. Um, Rosie, Madonna, yeah. Gina Davis, Tom Hanks is incredible in this in yep. this movie. Bill Pullman sneaks in there, even. Bill Pullman. Um, so weird. John Lovitz. And in a, in a small cameo by an unknown um, Taya Leone. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? I was like, I know her from Jurassic Park 3, I think. <laughs> so I know what her did you from 
Divorcing what, David Coveney, I think. <laughs> what did you guys think of the greatest uh, film I've, we've ever picked? I mean, did you like it? It's that's a tough call. This is definitely the best, like as far as I'm concerned, the best sports movie ever made. As part of comedy, it's, it's uh, very it, funny too. It runs. It it does all the. It hits all the cliched notes, but it does them very well. You're right. It nails the comedy. Like the balance of comedy and drama in it is really good. There are some dramatic moments. There are some emotional moments. There's a, the the relationship between Gina Davis and Kit is played really well. Uh, I won't talk too much yet. We, I'll let TJ. I want to hear what TJ has to say as a first time watcher. Uh, the the one scene that made me crack up is the very first introduction of Jimmy Dugan to the team, oh, where they're doing so the whole good. setup. Where she's like, "This is Jimmy's card. This is my husband's card. If anything happens to this, <laughs> he, he, he goodness, shouldn't have to deal with that, right, guys?" Whew. He walks in, hits the urinal, which is shared with all the women in the room and just let's go the best piss of all time to Madonna, <laughs> who also is probably one of the best in this film, yeah. grabs a watch and just starts timing it. And there yeah. she has no shine to do it. Movie too, best acting performance movie. I would have like, oh, oh, you don't think again. Evita you don't think Evita's no, maybe um, crazy. No. that's about I it. I think it, I think okay. it's very good because it's very natural. Like it it doesn't feel like it's almost like she's her like it doesn't it's feel not, like Madonna like is playing nothing world. other than just her like she's just like is it felt very natural and and the pairing between her and Rosie is it was legit good. I was gonna say it's cool because it, it, it definitely contrasts is the impetus for all that too yeah. like as far as their friendship like Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell are like famously friends Rosie O'Donnell and Penny Marshall famously went on yep. to be friends for a long time even did like Kmart commercials together and shit. And all that starts at this movie. There's so tons of duos, like tons of duos that come together because yeah. you got like Kit, Gina, Rose, yeah, was, Madonna. Well, there was originally Gina and Tom Hanks. Yep. are awesome. They're Madonna. The, the, the one of the funniest scenes I was gonna say too. Also, is Madonna teaching. Um, one, the one, also one of the most intriguing scenes. Yeah, that's so good. Is the first time that you meet when they're doing the teams, and the woman can't read her name on the thing, yeah. and she gets. So good, but then you get Madonna teaching her to read from a porn book. So I wanted to talk good. about that moment real quick. I love yeah. that when they all run up to see the to see who made the team, and Gina Davis stays back. She doesn't even go up to look. And you might be like, "Oh, that's because she knows she's so good. She's made it. She doesn't care." But I, it's like, no, it doesn't matter. She doesn't care if she gets on a team or not. Her whole thing was just to get Kit to the tryout. Kit makes the team. She's successful. That's all that mattered to her in the first place. Because that was the first name that Kit runs down on is her own name, and then runs back to Gina. Mm -hmm. So the actually, so let's circle back then. Why Kit wasn't going to go into the league is because she is not as pretty as Gina, and they were building a league of sexy, pretty women. Well, also, John Lovis didn't get, really get to see her play, because she was off. She, she's a pitcher, yeah. and she didn't pitch the game he watched, because she'd pitched the day before. So, there was that, too. There's that element of it, too. Yeah. But I love the bit to, of, like, yeah, like the video they have of, like... Yeah, that's, that's what one, I wanted like, to Oh, too. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. Tell oh, me. no, it's just such a funny break in the movie of, like, this is what's going on, and there's her kid sister. Kid. Yeah, they do, like, a newsreel, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good, like, film. Yeah, they're doing their makeup, bit. and they're doing you know, the girl serving tea on the fucking... And then they suddenly show the, the sorry, the quote-unquote ugly one, like, Marley super far Hoot. away. Marla Hoot. Like, like, there's, there's Marla, Marla. 
My wife even pointed out, not only is she super far away, she's wearing a catcher's mask, too. They have her standing, but they put a catcher's mask on her also. Yeah, she's so a fucking stud up. second baseman, really, I think. I and really, she's the one, she's like the best hitter on the team, mm-hmm. and she's the one who beats a dude in a bar and bails on him in the first season what? and like, it misses the end of the year. Well, she's the one who gets Tom Hanks to finally like react and go like, what are you doing? You're making our best hitter? Like He's like, just swing away. Yeah, and they I have think- the back and forth. I, I really think he's in the movie, but that's when he like he becomes one of the best characters in the yeah. movie. Is when he starts to engage, and that's the, his funny banter with him. I was watching it this time, and I was like, you know, you have to have Tom Hanks play this role because no other actor could be as irredeemable as him in the first half. Yeah, and you still think he's a good guy because he's not. He never does anything specifically special to be a good guy, aside from being a better coach. He just starts taking an interest, but he's never like a better man through the movie. Basically, that's that's what I wanted. but, But just because he uses Tom Hanks' charisma. You just are like, yes, he's likable now. Oh, he's a good guy again. That's what I want to uh here watching it this time. Also, I was thinking this movie was made by the filmmaker at the perfect time with the perfect cast. Like its tone, everything hits. Yeah. I think you make this movie with the 2019 mentality, it is a thousand times different. You have to get like into every little nook and cranny of your, you can't be, fu- you can't have fun in the movie. It has to be like, I'm gonna make you feel bad about not letting women play baseball. Yeah, yeah. talk about how good the cast is. Penny Marsh started out by casting this movie. Just she was like, I have, they have to be able to play. We don't have enough people to double everyone. We can't mm-hmm. have stunt people out here all the time. So I'm only looking at actors who are who can either play or are trainable. And That's so. Helpful. Lori Petty already had a background in athletics. Rosie already had a background in, in softball. You know, um, Madonna was a, to a base. She, she was, Madonna was a dancer, so she was yeah. trainable to do like oh, athletic that dancing scene too. That dance scene is yeah, like super out of nowhere, and it's incredible. Like it's. Legit. Also, I love that little kid who hits on Gina Davis. Like, shoot your shot, my man. Go oh, no, wait. So I, had that. I wrote that down. What the fuck? Is there like a huge scene that they cut out? Well, there's a four-hour cut of this movie where you get every, every, almost every woman had a backstory and was like shot. Okay. Mm, I like Obviously, that. Obviously, you're never going to get that release, but like the well, four-hour cut is probably the assembly cut, but she filmed like a bunch of shit. Yeah, but that kid comes out of nowhere and then he hits on Gina Davis. Yeah. I'll tell you what, speaking of the kid, Gina Davis, you got to go for it. Yeah, I know. You never get another chance at that. Speaking of little kids, uh, I love what's his name, Billy. You stink, you stink. Stillwell, I think it's so funny. And actually, I get like choked up at the end when he's like, he's like, yeah, mom passed. And And that's also perfect casting, too. The the guy from Porky's. Yeah, Yeah. the enemy. Talking is good, but when he's standing by, because she has the big cutout, right, when they first walk into the Hall of Fame. And like the scene where he's standing there looking at it and somebody wants to take his picture and he kind of like puts on the little smile for the picture and then he goes back to look at it. That's what got me. I was like, that's some subtle, he did some subtle stuff. There. He yeah, really put, like put a little bit of effort into that role. It's really good. Yeah, it was um, great casting by him. I was like, oh, Teen Wolf guy. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's yeah. a great. Uh, it's a great movie. Like, I don't. Who cares of your historical accuracy of anything? It's a good movie. 
Well, I didn't know like Joe DiMaggio and those type of players actually went to the war. I don't know. If yeah. That's oh right. yeah, plenty of them. Oh. Yeah. I mean, some people got drafted. Some people like volunteered. You know. Yeah, uh, that's earlier. That's when, uh, you professional athletes volunteering now be like, I'm gonna take some years out of my prime and go possibly get killed. Well, earlier, early, earlier today, earlier in the episode, I had mentioned I start, did a little reading for our bio biopic round about Ted Williams, and it was like he was like the play the the baseball is like only like 400 hitter left to go to war, and then immediate like three years later picked up exactly where he left off hitting that same like could have just been killed. Yeah. You know, you know what I want to talk about? Recently, who came back, the Korean zombie who, like, had to go. Yeah. He's been gone a couple of years yeah. he had to do his, like, mandatory service in the Korean Army. I was and like, then wow. he got knocked out by a Mexican. Yeah. I want to talk about, like, the uncomfortable, like, realization of, like, this film, if this was today, it would literally be, like, the Laundry Football League. Because you have to, like, bring... So, like, when you kick, we catch a foul ball to get a kiss... Or like the weird things like that to break. Well, they kind of did, but like Gina Davis doing the split. Yeah, just getting some type of like attention on them. Like, imagine yeah. if that came out today and the things they'd have to go through to get some type of attention. Cool. Like, that's became like Laundry Football League. You're like, that's insane. Like, these women could actually play football, but yeah. they put them in thongs. Like, fucking, just let them be in oh, yeah. pads. All that. They are in, technically in pads. Um, well, I, I actually, I take back, um, I, I, I take back what I, I said about, um, no, that having a hard time, uh, making it today or so, because you could do something also like, like glow is very much in that vein yeah, and told yeah. in that fun way, but yeah. has that hit. So I think that a show like that's taking out a lot from a league of its own, like that paved the way, league of its own paved the way for these other things. To come. I think, I think I'm the only person in the world that, that, it's gonna say this, but John Lovitz really grew on me <laughs> as the movie progressed. Like because he, in the beginning, he's like, "Whoa, okay, this is a weird character," but you fully buy into him by like by sentence five. You're like, "Yeah, this is the person. This is clearly the recruiter." This is like, cool. and by the time he's dropping them off and they're like sad to see him go, so are yeah. you. You're like, "Oh, yeah. you're you're you feel like they do." She's they're dropping him off and she they're not gonna he's not gonna stay to watch the trial and you feel that too. You're like, "Oh, you're leaving the movie? No, don't do he that." Was like, I'm gonna go home. Apparently, he was the give the wife to my wife. Apparently, he's the only one who didn't have to uh, like audition. They immediately knew that's who they want to cast as that Penny guy. Penny Marshall, again, a longtime friend. John Lovitz, John Lovitz actually lived in Penny Marshall's house or apartment when he was like starting out in New York and stuff. You, so know, smart. you know what I found funny about him? Like He didn't want to take the, the, the chick that could hit head because she wasn't pretty. And the dad went to him. He's like, Oh, don't blame her. Oh. It's my fault. It's like the dad thinks physical beauty depends on how you raise the person. It's not <laughs> genetics. It's well, not how you I look. Mean, I guess he probably just means she's not feminine. She doesn't make herself up. Yeah, she doesn't do her hair. Like you know what I mean. The the movie. I was thinking in their first game when they have to go out and everybody's laughing at him. And that guy comes out in the dugout and then uh, Ellen Ellis Sue hits him with the ball, which is awesome. But they doll up uh, Marla pretty good. She's got like, the curls in her hair and everything. Yeah. She has yeah. makeup. On. I mean, they they make it they make it work. LSU <laughs> is she a better pitcher than Kit? Is that That's tough. I don't know. I mean, Kit Kit. I'll tell you what. I was watching this time, and they do a montage over the series because it's like that thing where Donnie left. Long montage. The first game of the series, the Peaches lose ten to one. Yeah, they got 
fucking routed the first like the damage of not having gina davis on the team hit them super hard that first game they rally and they make it three three so it's arguable you know that ellen sue could be as good as kit i don't know now let's get into this all right so i'm pretty sure Dottie's the villain now as most sports teams go i don't know if you guys want to jump into this the, the catcher that they have now, I don't know what her name is. She's hurt. They show her, like, hurt a couple times. And, like, she has a sore elbow. Her name. They pour her. They, she pulls them to a 3-3 tie. Most series go seven games. You do not, you do not pull that catcher out to let Dottie play. You, you do. pull that catcher out if your replacement is the best player in the league. Who hasn't played a game. Also, it's the most movie moment of the fucking movie. Yeah. What? No, the most movie moment is the ball dropping out of her hand. We'll get that yeah. in a She's the of the because she purposely throws the game to give yeah. her win to her. Fucking, it's, it's, she's not the villain just because they put her in. No, but she's not the best player because she gives up the best play of the game. A best player. No, no, she that. makes the play and then she purposely drops it. She's still the best player in the game. Nope. Yeah. You would uh, the best player in the game. My argument now is someone who's a purist. A sports guy wearing their high school jersey right now. The game, she just happens to be an even better big sister than she is a baseball player. Yeah. I, as much as a bad moment as it is, she's still that best player in that game. She's not getting the MVP that's. I think why she drops that ball to Kit is she puts, she respects, because Kit makes it happen. She tries to sabotage her. She tries, she tells her to throw the high ones. She no, knocks that no, high one out. No, that's that, like, the build-up. She can't, and then even though she knows no, she's so much better, no. and she can end this, and she can kill Kit's dream this single-handedly. This is where you're wrong. The first movie, the very first scene we get is her telling her not to swing at the high ones because she can't hit them. And then Gina Davis tells Ella Sue to throw nothing but high fastballs and literally sets up Kit with two first ones and then Kit obviously realizes, oh, she told her to throw high fastballs. And then continues to hit on the high fastball. It it was, first of all, we go through this movie. Now, this is my big bugaboo with this movie, which is my first she time. Gets, she gives her three, she gets three tries. She has two strikes and she hits the third one. But she's probably missed high fast ones. Gina Davis has known her her whole life. That might be the first high fastball she yeah. ever hit. But She, she we, likes the high ones, though. But we've been... Can't lay off the high ones. We've been with... The Peaches, for an entire movie. We don't give a shit about the Racines. Why should we care about one character, Kit, no, we care about on the Kit. Because the that's the movie. Who loses that's the championship. The movie is the relationship that you say yourself. It's the relationship between Gina Davis and Kit is the yeah, movie. It's nothing to do with the teams itself. Do you know how Orts is the vehicle for their... It, it's about her out coming out of the shadow of Dottie. Yeah. And I think that's the way so, Dottie letting her out. It's symbolism. Stop. Stop. TJ, TJ, it's symbolism. She didn't the let... It is coming out of Dottie's shadow. Mm-hmm. The women are coming out of the shadow of the men. Correct, correct. TJ. Go ahead. Dottie gave it to her. So it's not a shadow. When you give it to somebody, it's not a shadow. If they beat you, you come out of the shadow. But Toddy literally gave it to Kit. That's not coming out of the shadow. That's a Kit doesn't out. know that. Okay, let me, let me beat you that. right now. I'm telling Kit right now. TJ. <laughs> TJ, what is the conflict in this movie then if they just stay in the same team and wrap it up? And like, wasn't that a fun tale? No, like, Dottie they proved had to get traded. The best that game had to get played. 
and she was always the best. And the younger brother, she shut the fuck up. You're a younger brother. The younger brother, she shut up, and I had to the older brother. What's up, buddy? What's up? She was the best, Yo. but by accident. She didn't care. She didn't love it. <laughs> I mean, it got personal Yo. for me at that point. <sighs> Yo, I'm a younger brother, and I don't even think that way. What you're yeah, saying. Yeah, we met your older brother. More you know like. I just know they showed Dottie dive into the dugout, and she holds on to that ball specifically so that you know there's nothing that could keep Dottie from catching. If she's got that ball, she's got it. I think Marla would have been the best player of the league if the she best wasn't player in the fucking league. Marla. If she wasn't like married and happy, <laughs> like if she came. Well, we don't know what Marla did when she came back either. She's probably the home run all star of that league. Now, did Rosie you know O'Donnell? I have a question for you guys. Did Rosie O'Donnell have a three way with those two guys? Oh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah I hope so. Yeah. yeah, good for her. That'd be so <laughs> tight. I want to get that her. shitty boyfriend. She rips up his picture and stuff. Fuck that guy. Right? Like, oh, 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 a couple of things about Tom Hanks that made me laugh. Um, in the first game when they hit a home run, the announcer is giving him credit, even though he's like fucking asleep. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, oh, in the and the two sequences with the blonde lady, like the first one when he makes her cry, that's like the, classic. Like the b- classic clip of there's no crying in baseball. Love it, and it's a classic clip. But like watching it out of context, you're just like, "Yeah, he's being a fucking piece of shit." No, right now. Uh, my one of my best parts would use this about setup. I'll let you do it. But Tom Hanks' facial expressions of what you're about to talk about is probably the best ever. So, the so second, you're talking about the second time. Yeah, the like, second yeah. time he's like, like, he's like, like <laughs> 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 it's so good. Fucking hilarious. It's so good. So how about we go into the ratings? Oh, no, we got wait, wait. The the best Tom Hanks mo- moment is avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Yeah, he signs the kids. All avoid the clap. Jimmy, that's good advice. <laughs> um, Brian, I would like you to do your rating though. When we get to you in your Penny Marshall impression, as you mentioned. All right, that's fair. So TJ, your yeah, first first go around. What do you give it? Oh, this is a out of ten, correct? Or yeah. whatever I want. I'm giving this one a clear nine point eight chocolate bars of a little kid running around a bus. Crazy bars. Yeah, it is literally. It. I'm not giving it ten because you can't go better than ten. But it's a perfect fucking movie. It's a great pick, you Seth. How about you, Joe? Oh, what TJ said. I was gonna go. 9.5 Rockford Peaches out of 10. How about you, Penny Marshall? Oh, you know, I was gonna... I don't know what you guys are talking about. This is a perfect movie. I would cast everybody off the thing. I, I said to Rosie, I said, I need somebody to jump in the stands and to come out with a hot dog in her mouth. She, <laughs> she said, I'll do it. She was the only one who could understand me. She was the only one who could tell what I was saying. So she's in the movie all the time because she kept volunteering for shit. But I think this, I think you guys are crazy. I think I'm an icon. I made big and then I fucking made this movie. I kicked ass all the time and I'm a best marshal. Gary Marshall is okay, but I'm an even better marshal. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's that. I'll yeah. I'll give it a nine uh, tobacco covered chews out of ten. All right, all <laughs> I think right. this is now our highest rated movie, even above Desperado and Drunken Master. It's not yeah, right. at all. Um, 
So next, uh, next. So thank God we had, you know, this week. Everybody's happy. Everybody's laughing. Cleanse the palate. Everybody en enjoyed their time. Um, so today, what are we gonna watch next week? I had a couple picks. I had a few. Um, I decided to stray away from them. I'm gonna let them fly. I'll pick them up another time. Um, my one of my most anticipated movies of this summer is Crawl. Anyone to know about? It's about alligators and crocodiles in Florida. So I'm going to take us back. I'm taking us back to one of the first creature films I've ever watched. We're going to 1980, and we're watching Alligator. That's what we're watching. I don't know who directed it. I don't know who's fucking in it. All I know is someone fucking puts an alligator into a toilet, flushes it, it turns into a giant mutant, and starts murdering people. And also, it's the first fucking kid death I've ever saw in a film. We'll talk about it in two weeks. But you know, you know we got to make it such a challenge for Joe to scrounge up these movies for us. So, <laughs> I thought you were gonna pick Lake Placid. Like, no, oh, not Lake Placid. I know I was rooting for Lake Placid too. So I thought give he me was, that dirty mouth Betty White performance. Give me that Oliver Platt vehicle. I thought he was this going for an I'm going Alligator. I'm going 1980s boys. I'm going. Oh, God. I could give you two because there's two of them. There's Alligator One and Alligator Two. But I'm just giving you Alligator because I'm not gonna make you do that. I'm, I'm glad we're going to ride that content wave of everybody wanting to see Alligator. And I want so, everybody to know. Oh, yeah. Crawl's going to be the hit of the summer. It's gonna, we're just going to ride that content. <laughs> uh, you can straight up watch it on YouTube. There you go. Yeah. M movies like that from that old, you can normally get it YouTube for free. So where can the people find you, TJ? Uh, you guys are on Flyers Hit of Film YouTube right now. You guys can find us on Spotify iTunes, I believe, and a couple other things you find podcasts on. And uh, yeah, I'm at TJ Dex on Twitter, guys. How about you, Joe? You can find me on the DVD bunker talking the long kiss night with Gina Davis. A long episode about that. <laughs> What's your Twitter? Shandango, uh, what's up, Hers Brian? Herskules. <laughs> at Herskules. You can find me on Twitter at Herskillies. Uh, you can find a DVD bunk that you're searching on your podcast apps or whatever. You go. I did an episode with these, each one of these guys. They're okay. But yeah, the uh, What About the Long Kiss Goodnight was pretty good. Zodiac. I really liked it. Good movie. <laughs> I, I need to do another episode because the guy I picked is a douche. Um... So you can find me on Twitter, destroying these guys on every single poll we put out. I'm the sexiest. I'm the best at picking movies. I'm the tie. I'm tied for the best Puerto Rican, even though I'm the only Puerto Rican there. If bets, he picks all time. You know, people's favorites. He just, you know, he's safe. Yes, yeah. uh, like, like me one day. Uh, chances. They were tied. Why I love movies. Yes, yeah, you have 20 accounts on Twitter. So. <laughs> fucking doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, why and people movies? who follow you also like the Mets. So, who gives a fuck what they think, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peace out, guys.